I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. HD you are listening to a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Welcome back to Mint Views. It's been a long gap. This is the opinion section of Mint, and my name is Arish Shirali, editor of Mint Views. In this podcast, I'll be talking to Anant Vijay Kala, a colleague of mine and senior editor at Mint. What we'll talk about today is the subject everybody is talking about, China. What few understand is what exactly China is up to, and that's what we'd like to focus on. What is the objective of what China has been doing along the line of actual control? It beats us, most of us, but there must be something, something strategic that it has in mind. We all know that it wants to be a regional hegemon. It sees itself as a great power of the next century and all of that. But why now? What is it actually doing? Could it perhaps be looking to gain leverage over India? That's the question we'd like to discuss. Anand, what do you think? Yeah, Arish, you're right. It's pretty intriguing why China is doing this. Uh, the kind of escalation on the border that we are seeing uh, is quite unprecedented. And, uh, you know, nobody goes on to have such a high level of escalation without any objective. This cannot be a skirmish that took place uh, unintentionally. This, this was by design that it was done. Uh, the kind of attack that Indian soldiers faced over there. So obviously there has to be a very uh, uh, well-studied purpose behind what it is doing. So it's difficult to figure out, but my guess is that perhaps it, or my understanding is that perhaps it felt that at this point of time, India is, India has its back to the wall because of the COVID crisis and it has its hands full. So perhaps this is a good time to show some aggression and its dominance over India in order to gain leverage in other strategic areas of interest of bilateral ties between the two countries. It also happens that India has just been elected to the Security Council for a two-year term. It just happened uh, this month. It's possible that China wants to use some of its gains, if we may call it that, uh, in Ladakh, uh, for example. Some of the territory it seems to be going out to grab to use as a bargaining chip of sorts, to get India to kind of do what it wants in global forums, etc., so on and so forth, or in some way try and neutralize India's opposition to whatever it may be planning in the larger Asian region. Does that seem like a possible reason behind all this? Yeah, definitely. I think China anyway has uh, it sees itself as a hegemon, not only in Asia, but the whole world. But Asia is closer home, so it can dominate the region uh, much more easily. And this was a good opportunity. And uh, you're right, India's uh, being elected in the Security Council might have also something to do with it. But I think there were some other 
things also that might have provoked it to try and provoke India back. One was the uh, one was the Indian government sending its representatives in the uh, uh, the Taiwanese president the uh, in the uh, ceremony of Taiwanese president being uh, elected, and uh, that could have been one provocation. Apart from that, also I think the uh, strident government, the strident postures that this nationalist nationalist government in India is taking, uh, is perhaps upsetting China. And uh, time and again, India seems to have the current government seems to have taken a much more hard hardline stand than previous governments. So this might be uh, tending to play a little spoil sport in China's plans in dominating the area. That is why perhaps I think we see greater interference and greater aggression from China. It could be so. Uh, the gist of the matter being that there could be multiple reasons, but it's starting to exert its dominance on India, uh, so that it does not get an impression that uh, it can get away. But I guess there would be equal retaliation, equal measure, given the kind of government we have over here, which is unlikely to buckle down. Mm-hmm. You mentioned nationalistic sentiment, which is driving this government. Could it also be possible that China is actually looking at India as being a little bit weak because of its democracy? In the sense, it may think, it may just imagine falsely, I think, that if India is susceptible, if the electorate here is susceptible to getting angry with this government for failing to defend the borders, then maybe it can actually exert itself more. All it needs to do is mess around a little bit on the borders and it can get an elected government in trouble. So do you think it sees democracy as a weakness? It's possible actually because we've seen the kind of response our politicians have shown after this face-off on June 15th. Uh, you know, there have been divided voices coming from certain sections of the polity by and large, I think the polity has stood behind the government, but there have been some voices of different uh, di- uh, differences uh, which have come out. So I think, uh, and unlike China, where you know what the government says or the Communist Party says is the final line that everybody toes. It's not the case in India. In India, everybody has the right to question. It's uh, there is a free voice that everyone has. So it's uh, you're right, Arish, that they might be trying to. Uh, capitalize on the divisions that are there within India also, and which have to a certain extent exposed themselves also during this face-off. It is quite possible. Yes, but by and large, I think they're going to discover that democracy actually is a strength, even in geopolitical situations like this. For one thing, the input that the government will have, or the country in general will have, on how to deal with this situation will be from a far more diverse set of sources. That itself will allow us to, I think, frame a good strategy to, you know, deal with this problem that we have at the border right now. Uh, that's maybe wishful thinking, but by and large, in this battle between a dictatorship and a democracy, my gut feel suggests that democracy has to win out. How it happens, we don't know, but we hope it does. I was just trying to make one more point right. that uh, diplomatically, you know. Uh, it seems that India have done well internationally. There is a lot of support for the stand that India has taken. And in this particular phase of, there are very few countries that are supporting China's actions. 
be it the US, which is a traditionally uh, being seen as a rival of China or, the, or Europe or Australia or many other countries. Uh, many of these countries are mostly siding with India. So I think diplomatically, India has its back covered well. It is doing well internationally. It's now for perhaps China to decide how much it wants to escalate this. But I think it may not, uh, given the kind of circumstances that we see. I wish I could agree with you on this business of the rest of the world rallying in India's support. But I suspect this will be restricted only to what happens at the United Nations Security Council and places like that, where China does have veto power. So I don't expect very much material support from the United States or any of these powers. Ultimately, we'll be on our own. But still, it's not as though we, we are on a weak footing, really. Certainly not as weak as China thinks. That's the best part. Yeah, I, I, I think India of 2020 is very different from India of 1962. And uh, I think everybody in the country feels that way. It's not just the armed forces who are saying that we are well prepared. Uh, every person in the country is of the opinion that we can take on a mightier China. They might be mightier in terms of pure statistical comparisons, but the country does not feel that uh, they are unable to take on uh, China in this particular day and age with the kind of weapons or the kind of defense systems they have. But I think it's a very different India and uh, there's a possibility that skirmishes on the border will perhaps continue for some time as the tussle between the two countries continues. Uh, although I don't, I doubt that uh, this will escalate into anything much bigger because that will not be in the interest of either of the countries. Well, we hope it also doesn't give them any kind of further leverage or any kind of leverage whatsoever on Indian policy, especially foreign policy, because that would be disaster. But for now, I think mm -hmm. we are we we we've, we've got this aspect covered. Yeah. Okay. Okay. okay thanks. Bye. That will be all for today. If you have recommendations or any issue that you would like us to discuss, please send in your suggestions to podcasts at hindustantimes.com. This was a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.